0: Welcome to the 74th episode of the Real Life Diabetes Podcast. And in this episode, you are in for a treat. To start with, happy Diabetes Awareness Month, everyone. If you're new to the show, my name is Amber Kluwer, and I'm the co founder of the Diabetes Daily Grind and host of the Real Life Diabetes Podcast. I've been living with type 1 diabetes for 36 years and enjoy sharing my story and those of other people around the world who are living their best life. I am honored to have been chosen as one of 10 Diabetes Advocacy Award winners for the Diabetes Mind Innovation Summit. Whew, what a mouthful! During this whirlwind of a trip in San Francisco, I was surrounded by industry leaders, tech geniuses, diabetes app gurus, and fellow advocates. During this month of diabetes awareness, it is easy to get overwhelmed by the stats, shots given, hours of sleep lost, and so on. Well, I'm not one for doom and gloom, and am pleased to share a series of mini pods highlighting various areas of diabetes management and creative advocacy. Attendees of the Diabetes Mind Innovation Summit join forces and I truly believe the collaborations, workshops, and overall networking will make a huge impact on the diabetes community and the future of how we treat the disease. Before we get started, I want to share that I did not receive payment for any of the interviews. In fact, I did a little friendly stalking and was thrilled that some of these guests agreed to join the show. Hopefully, there are no regrets and each and every one of you will learn something new and have hope for the future. Let's get things started.
1: I'm alive. Yes, I-
0: Right, everyone, this is the first of many, many pods at the Diabetes Mind Innovation Summit. And so I'm here with my friend Gary and I'm going to let him introduce himself.
2: Oh, thanks Amber. This is Gary Shiner. Uh, I'm a diabetes educator. I run a practice just outside of Philadelphia that provides uh, kind of virtual care for people on intensive insulin therapy all over the world. And here's an interesting bit of trivia. I was diagnosed in a little town just outside of Houston called Sugarland.
0: Oh, I know exactly where that is. What a place to
2: be diagnosed <laughs> with diabetes.
0: And so, how long have you lived with the disease?
2: Uh, 33 years now, and a lot of evolution over that time.
0: I can't believe I can say this out loud, that I trump you in that.
2: I'm at 36 years. Damn, I'll never catch you.
0: (laughs) So, um, you're kind of a big deal in the diabetes community. As I mentioned this morning, I had seen you at the, what is it called? The the Children...
2: Children with Diabetes Yes.
0: I don't know why that's so hard for me to pronunciate, but yeah, I, I watched you talk, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. And so... I'm happy to see you again, and tell me a little bit why you decided to attend the Diabetes Mind Innovation Summit.
2: This conference, this meeting I should say, it's very unique. You know, th- this brings together a lot of the key players in the development of the next generation of diabetes technologies. You we know, have people from industry here, from the regulatory process, from the healthcare community, the investor community, uh, engineering it really it brings together, it, it integrates everything that's involved in developing the next generation of product. So I love to have a voice in that. I, you know, I always try things before they come to market. I have an opportunity to give feedback to a lot of companies on their, their product development.
0: I, uh, I thank you for that, because I know that you're a person living with a disease, you get it. In addition to being an educator, so yeah. and you I don't can pull pass it along. You know, right, if I don't
2: like something; they're going to hear about well, it. Well, they
0: heard. We heard it today. <laughs> so Gary did a great job of asking the hard questions um, as a patient and as an educator. Um, what have you learned new in this particular summit?
2: What have I learned new? Well, I think there's a little bit too much emphasis on trying to automate uh, insulin delivery recommendations. Systems that will take the place of a human being evaluating right. uh, a person's data and lifestyle and background. Uh, I think the personal touch is, is being uh, minimized, right? which I'm hoping I can influence some of these people here, but uh, there's only so much you can do with computer algorithms to determine what someone's insulin program is going to look like. And I'm not talking about closed loop systems. Those, right. I think it can work nicely. But these, uh, these apps and programs that just take glucose data and spit out recommendations based on that. well, we all know people live with diabetes. There's a gazillion things that affect our blood sugar. Yeah, we so can't we just... just can't you know. Okay,
0: so Gary, tell me a little bit about the panel you just sat on. It's the demo panel?
2: Yeah, the demo panel. The, these were kind of the best of the best. So the diabetes Mind took... Uh, uh, applications from um, uh, many, many companies and organizations developing new products and concepts, and they narrowed it down to the they felt were the five top ones. So I got to serve isn't not really a judge, but someone to kind of critique and ask some uh, poignant questions about these devices. Uh, well, and
0: I think one that you asked uh, that you said in particular, and I say this often, you can eat the same damn bagel every day <laughs> and get a different result, and mm-hmm. if. But the new technology can figure out how to fix that problem. Uh, billion dollar yeah, deal, yeah, right there. I'll,
2: I'll be a very happy man <laughs> if they can do that.
0: Have you made any new connections at this particular summit?
2: Oh yeah, quite a few. I met a woman named Amber. Who's really she's with the <laughs> Diabetes Daily Grind. She is. She, she is forced a, her way into this. She's a ball of energy. Let me tell you. No, but I got to reconnect with a lot of folks I hadn't seen in a long time. It's always fun to do.
0: Well, I'm, that's thank you. So you are not only a person with diabetes, you're an author, Mm -hmm. and a lot of people know your book. Talk a little bit about that and why you wrote it.
2: Well, Think Like a Pancreas is is sort of my (laughs) opus. That's a user's guide for people who are on intensive insulin therapy to learn how to set up the right program, self-adjust their doses. And I wrote that because for the most part, healthcare providers just aren't teaching this to people. Right. type 1s and also type 2s on insulin have to figure all this out on their own. And it is complicated. So I wrote this as a way to kind of give them a guide on how to get started and on the fine-tuning process. So I think we have to sort of be our own care providers in a lot of ways living with this disease day in and day out.
0: Well, and you have a lot of patients and I mean that as people that come to you for medical advice. Yeah, I'm not a very patient person <laughs> by nature. What, what kind of, what somebody who's maybe newly diagnosed, what do you say to them?
2: Well, you don't have to manage this disease perfectly. You can do well enough that it shouldn't keep you from doing anything you want to accomplish. There are some things about living with diabetes that give you a, a leg up in some areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you learn how to manage it reasonably well, it shouldn't hold you back in any way. You can accomplish whatever you set out to do.
0: I think that is, and that's the was the whole reason we started the Diabetes Daily Grind, was that we wanted to provide real support for the di- diabetes life. And I've lived life to the fullest. Would you say that you've done the same? I've tried. <laughs> is there anything that you feel like diabetes kept you from doing?
2: Oh, boy. I mean, it, it, from time to time, it gets very frustrating when I have blood sugar problems during during exercise. I play oh. basketball a lot. and. I still haven't quite mastered I don't even know that I ever will master it because there's so many different <laughs> conditions involved, but I, I hate when I'm playing ball and my blood sugar either drops low or I'm really high and sluggish. That oh, that's the worst. I don't like when it gets in the way of that, but you know, I, I get it right most of the time and that, that's about all we can hope for with the technology we've got to work with now.
0: Final question. What is your blood sugar? Right now? Yes.
2: Well, I'll tell you the same thing I tell my wife. It's a it's a million. What does it mean to you? What are you going to do about it? It, it, Right now, I just came off of a stage where I was presenting, so it's it's about one it's one seventy four right now. But I'm I'm running the Loop app, and I find that to be a very fascinating and effective tool for diabetes management. And we're helping a lot of our patients get started with it. Uh, I think of it as, as hamburger helper for blood sugar control. It mm. just takes what I do and, and it makes it work much better. Oh. It kind of compensates for a lot of my own little inequities and mistakes I make along the way. So it's, it's given me the best control I've had in, in over 30 years. So wow. We're, we're trying to help other people access that as well.
0: Well, Gary, thank you so much for your time.
2: My pleasure. And maybe
0: there's our future podcast down the pipeline. Yeah, it'd be fun. <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right, mini podcast number two with my new friend, Hannah. Hannah, give me your full name and the year, how long you've had diabetes. So my name's Hannah Carey, and I've had diabetes for almost two years. And you are here as a patient voice contest winner like myself. Mm-hmm. Why did you decide to apply to the Diabetes Mine Innovation Summit? So
3: I saw it as just this little blurb on the bottom of a diatribe email, and mm-hmm. I applied it on a complete whim. Um, <laughs> but the intention, I didn't think I would win, but the intention was that I felt like I had a unique perspective on the patient experience right. I'm in medical school now so I you know have a working knowledge of yeah. um, medicine and healthcare and also I've been on Medicaid okay. I've been on Medicaid in Oregon and now Medicaid in Illinois where I'm going to school so I've dealt with a lot of insurance issues and I've also been on a lot of technology so I just, just felt like I could contribute to conversations
0: about that well, okay when you were first diagnosed what type of insulin therapy were you put on?
3: I was on MDI. No CGM? Oh, and CGM, yes. Thank goodness.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was on Dexcom. And so moving forward, two years later, tell me what uh, pump therapy you're using now. So I just started Omnipod two days ago and I have the G6. G6, okay. And it was funny because just, what was it, 30 minutes ago at the table during a presentation or right after you changed your G6. I did. <laughs> yeah, There's no hiding it in this room. It's awesome. And like the, that last presentation, we were all laughing because you could just hear sensors going off yes. all over the room. And it was just like, everybody kind of giggles because... It was like an hour after breakfast. It's <laughs> <laughs> real life diabetes. <laughs> um, so... Talk to me about any fears that you have with diabetes going into medical, you know, the second year of medical school.
3: Well, um, I've mentioned to you already that I am concerned about how I'm going to deal with surgical rotations that I'll have to do. Right. I know we have to scrub in and we're not supposed to touch anything. Um, I don't have an Apple watch, so I was thinking maybe if I get an Apple watch and I can just look at my wrist, Mm -hmm. um, but the surgeries are hours and hours long, so, um, that's a concern and at the same time I don't want to appear like I have any special needs or require right. anything extra compared to other people.
0: I think that's one of the hardest things, well one of the hard things with living with diabetes is it is an invisible disease until it really can't be mm-hmm. and in that situation you, you can't put yourself or other people at risk and so you really do exactly. have to let your team know what's going on. Um, well this is a first for me to attend and I know for you so have you made any new connections?
3: Yes, I have. Totally. So I've, I've only been to one conference before. It was a JDRF summit. This Mm -hmm. is my first, um, technology conference. And so I've met so many people with just these revolutionary products. I've met some of my little, um, diabetes celebrities like Gary Shiner. This is the first book I ever read after I was diagnosed. Um, so yeah. And then people like you, all the other patient (laughs) voice winners are so amazing. And And it's
0: such a diverse crowd. I mean, it really is. And we, I mean, I have to say, this has been such a whirlwind. So it is, we're here for 48 hours. We were in workshops and lectures all day yesterday, which were fascinating. We all participated mm-hmm. and helped out, which was great. Um, this morning has been all about looping, new technologies. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you found the most fascinating so far? I would
3: say seeing the faces behind all of these products that change our lives. You know, Mm -hmm. Dexcom has saved my life multiple times, as I'm sure it has many people in the room, Yeah, um, you know, been on multiple pumps. And so it's amazing just to see the faces who are trying to make this work and to hear how interested they are in the patient experience.
0: If you had to take a guess of the people in the room, because a lot of the people that are advancing the technology live with the disease, Mm -hmm. what would you say the percentage is of people living with diabetes in that in the summit?
3: Of everyone, not just the developers? Right.
0: The whole crew
3: it seems like maybe 50% do you think there's more
0: I think it's gonna be like 72% because there's you know we've got our type 2 advocates as well and I mean I've been shocked with how many people that are up on stage have type 1 that's true I mean
3: maybe yeah I'm not saying that's a good thing necessarily
0: but you bring the right people into the room that actually know what's going on it's pretty fascinating
3: I think think it is a good
0: thing to have the people you're serving um, in the process is there anything else you'd like to share about your this experience and, the di- and diabetes mind, like what, what they're bringing to the table. Well, the type of medical practice I want to have will be in low-resource communities.
3: Oh. Um, and so that's my biggest motivation. And that's in just diabetes and diabetes care in general. I think mm-hmm. that's a big gap in care. Right. You know, I'm lucky because I have pretty high health literacy. I knew about mm-hmm. how prior authorizations work. Right. I knew how to request those, um, advocate for myself, really. Right. And so that's a big weakness, and I hope that um, developers will do their best to try to access these communities Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, make their management easier, too. Yeah,
0: will you be in the diabetes world? I don't know.
3: Go a long <laughs> time. You guys have sure a lot of time to think yeah, about it. I have a lot of shadowing to, shadowing to do. I will keep up with you and I look forward to hearing how your two goes. Thank you and thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I can't wait to start <laughs> listening to your episodes. Sounds good. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: mini podcast number three. And why don't you go ahead and tell us your
4: name and who you're with. Hey, I'm Shalini Sharad. I work for Essentia Diabetes Care, and I'm the commercial head for Interconnected Diabetes Management, which actually is into digital health for patients with diabetes.
0: Tell me a little bit about the talk that you did today.
4: Mm -hmm. So I spoke about our uh, innovative solution, which is helping patients to manage their diabetes through Mm -hmm. digital services that we are offering over and above our Glucometer, which is our core business, right. and uh, as well as providing CDEs, Certified Diabetes Educators, who are actually coaching these patients. So there's a lot of personalized care, behavioral science, and I wanted to demo that and I wanted to take some feedback from patients specifically because they are the ultimate users and I think that it worked very well because I got a lot of questions and feedback today on my session uh, and on the solution that we're offering in the is, market.
0: Is there any particular question or comment today that made you think about things differently?
4: Well, I wouldn't say differently, but uh, a question on mental health came. Yeah, We are still thinking in that direction. We are not there, but uh, it's a great validation that we need to involve mental health solutions as we talk about patients uh, with diabetes because you know there's, there's a lot of stress level that they go through.
0: Well, and I'm really glad, and this has been big in the diabetes online community and maybe just because I'm a part of it, that finally we're talking about mental health and we know that it's... A as big of a deal in my mind as insulin therapy and how you manage things because this is a, I mean it's a heavy hitting disease and mental health is a big part of it so what brought you obviously you were going to be a part of the talk but is there anything in particular of interest that the diabetes mind innovation summit interested you in
4: well we are into the di- business of diabetes right, right. and uh, my role is to provide personalized care to patients with diabetes and i think that being here it actually gets us to network with the uh, innovators yes. with patients with key opinion leaders doctors endocrinologists yeah uh and of course technology players because you know being in west coast you always get that kind of innovation so i think it's a great blend it's the ecosystem that we get here and the kind of workshops that you guys are holding, right. it's really adding a lot because it's making us think out of the box. And we are meeting people who are also who are thinking very different and yeah. then when we converge ideas, it comes down to a, you know a creative, let's say, idea in the diabetes space. So I really like being here.
0: Why are you so passionate about diabetes care? Obviously you're working for the company, mm-hmm. but is there a personal, anybody that you know that drove you into this career?
4: Well, I have uh, family, friends who are suffering from diabetes. I think it's a disease that is touching a lot of people's life. And everywhere I go, uh, professionally, because previously I was working on multiple diseases uh, Mm -hmm. in my previous role, but specifically focusing on diabetes because there's a lot of comorbid diseases that it causes there's a lot of so like i gave an example of back surgery getting impacted because the patient had hva1c which was pretty high i think it's it's like chronic care it's like here and now first thing that we need to solve because it's all related with food right it's it's a lot of genes but it's a lot of food as well yeah so basic awareness basic education i think it's gonna really help in overall disease management
0: do you have any thoughts on what this diabetes minds summit will bring forward? Do you foresee any outcomes?
4: I see two things. I definitely see we all going back with a lot of ideas, yeah. which others are thinking and we're not thinking like that. And of course, what patients are telling us, right? Whether it's a digital health company or it's a medical device company like ours or it's another innovator company, mm-hmm. we're all taking, you know, the first-hand information from patients. That's the first thing I would say. Second is a lot of partnership opportunities that we are getting. We're taking oh, them yeah. back because ultimately, you know, I'll tell you, it's all about connecting the healthcare ecosystem, right? We cannot work in silos. So I as agree. much as we partner and innovate together, it's more effective.
0: There's a, there's a race, a race for technology right now. And it is nice to see, and I love that you say that it's not about the silos. To see everyone work together gives people like me who have lived with type 1 diabetes 36 years a little bit of hope. Mm. But yep. it's not just the biggest company is going to do the most and I've learned so much from this conference. Is there anything in particular that you're taking away with something that you didn't know or an industry you were not familiar with like some of these apps and other things?
4: No I come from the digital world so I'm pretty familiar (laughs) with digital. In fact I have my own IP in the digital health space so I understand (laughs) apps pretty well but like I said talking to patients we miss on that you know when we think about artificial intelligence and machine learning it can do everything but then We need to talk to users. We need to talk to people who are going to use it and who may not even be comfortable with those technologies. How do you find those patients? Um, So the way we launch in our company, it's a lot to do with our customers. We are right now going ahead with our customers who are payers, Mm -hmm. self-insured employers, IDNs. Uh, And when we go for type 2 diabetes, which is the first segment we're going after is uh, we try and segment these patients. So to your point of how do I find what a patient might need mm-hmm. is what we cater in the first, you know, when we enroll a patient. So we try and understand the behavior. We try and understand what the patient has like as an unmet need mm-hmm. and then try to cater with the solutions that we have rather than giving everything that we have. Like I said, it's small steps. Yeah, It's a burst. It's not that I want to give a great artificial intelligence, smartphone application to a patient. No, I want to give exactly what the patient needs, maybe just caregiver support, maybe just talking to a coach, maybe some food habits. So it's a segmentation that starts in the beginning.
0: Well, I love it. And thank you so much for the presentation today. And I look forward to seeing what comes of all of these these things.
4: So thank you for your time. Thank you for taking my interview. And uh, it's been great talking to you.
0: Mini podcast number four. Please tell us who you are and who you're with.
5: Hi, my name is Dan Pollum and I'm with Eli Lilly.
0: And have you come to any of the Diabetes Mind Innovation Summits in the past?
5: This is my fourth fourth in a row.
0: Any reason in particular this year you wanted to attend?
5: I come every year because I'm a liaison okay. uh, from work to the Diabetes Mine Organization. Yeah. Um, so there wasn't anything specific about this year. Uh, it's always a very, very interesting conference.
0: Well, and I'm outing you. You also have type 1 diabetes
5: for 57 years. 57
0: yeah. years. And do you mind sharing what type of management that you have?
5: Um, I'm currently on uh, the 670. Uh, I refer to myself as a 670 survivor. (laughs) um, And we'll be uh, transitioning to the G6 in tandem in another month.
0: Okay, so you're making the switch. Oh, yeah. That's great to know. I mean, I find this all so fascinating. In this particular summit, have you learned anything new?
5: Well, you always see new innovative uh, technologies, Mm -hmm. a lot of Uh, combinations now of uh, sensor and insulin infusion devices, which is really different from last year.
0: Right. Well, and for somebody like me who's had diabetes, not as long as you have, you know, 36 years, isn't it exciting to see? It's incredible.
5: It really is. Yeah. It's a
0: race right now. And it's
5: every year. It's new.
0: So (laughs) very Um, exciting. Is there anything that you'd like to see in future summits?
5: Um, I, you know, since you never see more of the same, it's always new. Right. I I think that makes this one very special, and I hope they keep it that way. Mm-hmm. I thought the workshops yesterday were a little bit slow, and uh, <laughs> I, I'd rather uh, keep it more tech focused. Right. So
0: yeah, today has been a lot more mentally stimulating for me as well. And even though I don't understand some of the wording, I, I'm learning so much. It's overwhelming. In
5: Absolutely, the, in the
0: best way, and it's nice to see so many people in the same room working for different companies that are trying to all help people with diabetes.
5: Absolutely, yeah.
0: Have you met anyone new this year besides me?
5: Um, I I meet new people every time I come, um, so I've met some new people from Insulet, and and uh, we're actually going to be collaborating with them, so that was that was important, and. Um, and, of course, you know, uh, I, I've met people that presented some of the new technologies. So.
0: Right. Considering the industry that you're in, do you get to see things well in advance? Yes. <laughs> uh, so many questions I want to ask, but I can't now that I know that. So anything you want to say to the Diabetes Mind Innovation Summit team?
5: No, just keep doing a great job. But uh, you're... You excite us every year, and, and it's really fun to be part of this.
0: And so. you can definitely see the passion in that crew. They oh
5: my gosh, it's yes.
0: it's, it's, it's wonderful. Well, thank you so much yeah. for your time.
5: Okay, thank All you. Right,
0: bye bye. All right, mini pod
6: number five. So tell us who you are, and yeah, tell us who you are. Uh, I'm Shelby Kinnear. I'm from Richmond, Virginia. Richmond, Virginia. Okay. Mm -hmm. And
0: you are a fellow Patient Voice contest winner. I am. Why did you choose to apply for this contest?
6: So I am involved with an organization called Diabetes Sisters, and yeah. I run two groups in the Richmond area. And so we are type 1, type 2, mm-hmm. gestational, any any right. adult woman with any kind of diabetes. And I find in the groups that the folks with type 1 have a lot of technology questions right. and device questions that I don't know much about. So I wanted to educate myself oh. uh, and learn. So this was a learning opportunity for me.
0: Well, let's talk about your diabetes. Mm-hmm. So you're type 2. I am. And how long? 20 years last month. 20 years. And mm-hmm. do you mind sharing what medications you're on?
6: I'm on metformin and trulicity.
0: And trulicity is an injection, correct? Yes, it okay. is.
6: Mm-hmm. I, I, sh- I
0: kind of should know that, but I guess yeah. not. Yeah. And so you... We're on a panel today. You were a judge. I was. And what was the panel that you were a judge for?
6: So we talked about uh, some uh, new products that were coming out, and I think five companies pitched um, their new products, and we asked questions. It was kind of a shark tank sort of setup. It was fascinating. Yeah. (laughs) Did any company, you don't have to say, in particular, wow you? Well, they all had, you know, really great things about them. The thing that appealed to me the most being that I'm a food blogger and I take a lot of pictures of food was the under my fork because it allows you to take pictures of what you eat and store those. And then if you have your blood sugar goes high for some reason, you can go back and actually look at what you ate. Right. So I think that's, that would be really helpful and a really easy thing for people to do.
0: And do you think that could be used in the type two world as well?
6: Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've already... downloaded the app <laughs> I'm curious to see and I'm like do I really want to share that what I'm eating but I guess it's not well, like who that who do you for, share it with You're just for I you mean, it's right? just for me yeah, yeah. 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 but right. it'll hold me accountable essentially so, yeah so Okay, so you, you were saying you
6: take a yeah, lot of pictures so, of Yeah, so basically, you know, I, I share pictures of what I eat all the time on Instagram and other places. So And you, you know. do that for a very specific reason. So let's talk a little bit about your blog. Sure. So um, I started Diabetic Foodie, oh gosh, probably it's been almost 10 years ago now. And it started out kind of just as a little hobby. I, yeah. I wanted to learn the technology of blogging. <laughs> uh, I was a, a web developer, web designer at the time. And it has kind of taken on a life of its own. And I love to cook and I love to write. And so it's my new career now. I love it. And since you've, well, you, you started this while you had diabetes, obviously. So mm-hmm. do you feel like having diabetes changed the way you eat? Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Um, I grew up in the South, so mm-hmm. we have never met a bread or a uh, <laughs> potato, sweet or right. a potato or a sweet tea that we right. didn't like. So, um, so that was my diet for a very long time, uh, most of my life. Right. Uh, so, um, so, yeah, I changed a lot of things. But instead of looking at um, how can I make foods that I've learned to love over the years, make diabetic-friendly versions right. of them because they never taste as good, right? I decided to let's find some foods that are sort of good for me naturally and Mm -hmm. let's make those taste really good. So I kind of had a different approach to a lot of folks.
0: I'm plugging a company really quick that I really believe in, and I don't
6: know if you've tried it, Cauliflower Foods. I love them. Yes. Yes, yes. It's
0: changed my life.
6: Yes, yes. It's ridiculous. Have you made chips out of their crusts? No, but I...
0: Let me say, I burnt one of the individual crusts. Yeah, I ate it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I just cracked it up and used it like with hummus. I mean, anywho, I'm glad that you tried it. I'm uh, spreading the word about it because I really believe it. Because I have I've tricked people into eating it.
6: I don't feel guilty about eating it.
0: Kids love it. I mean, so you gotta
6: try bacon and make chips for like hummus and stuff. (laughs) On <laughs> because ch- crunchy, salty things are what I miss the most. Oh, <laughs> so gosh. This, this satisfies that craving. I was talking with one of the fellow advocates yesterday, and she was like, I think I'm going to have that piece of cheesecake. And I was like, and
0: she goes, Are you going to get one? I was like, eh, I, Sweets aren't my deal, but I have never turned out
6: a salty chip you know i'm i hear you chips are dangerous in <laughs> yeah, my world french fries are my uh, kryptonite so <laughs> <you
0: know. laughs> well so um through the summit have you made any new connections besides me
6: <laughs> oh absolutely yeah all of the patient voices winners are just yeah fun people fun yeah, to be around I and um, just meeting people from all the various companies i was a software engineer in a former life so just talking to some of the developers and right. that sort of thing has been interesting so it's, it's a great bunch of people here
0: and is there anything in particular that you've learned that you'll take home and maybe, I don't know, I'm not going to say change your life because that's not fair, but right. anything particular you particular you learned that you didn't know about before?
6: Well, I think one thing that I found really interesting was um, in one of the um, workshops uh, that I kind of assisted with, um, they sort of played a call between, it was a call between a diabetes educator and mm-hmm. uh, a person with diabetes oh, yeah. who was having some yeah. trouble. And I just thought it was fascinating how by asking the right question, and they, solve the problem. and they solve the problem. As opposed to keeping it generic, yes. And so that just watching or listening to that interaction, I thought was fascinating. Yeah, that
0: workshop blew my mind because yeah. when the CDE or whoever it was discovered that she was malfunctioning with the insulin pen. I don't know how she came together. Who would have thought of that? You know? And you would hear have thought her of voice that? like, "Yes, show I got me how it. Get, yeah, I got it. I got it. Yeah,
6: yes. yeah, yeah." Well, any last things you want to share? Gosh, um, I'm a big fan of peer support. I think yes. people, um, if if you're struggling in any way, um, being around other people who understand what you're going through is tremendously helpful. Yes. So I highly recommend that diabetes online community and findings even you know even it's a support group in the hospital that you you know anything anything yeah your your county may have something your hospital your doctor may know about something diabetes sisters is a wonderful organization um so yeah i think i highly recommend peer support well Mm -hmm. thank
0: you so much shelby for joining the show and i look forward to following you on social media Mm -hmm. and maybe i'll learn something new about cooking yay
6: all right thank you thank (laughs) you
0: Mini podcast number six. So tell me who you are.
7: I am Mila Clark Buckley and I run the blog The Hangry Woman. I love that name. Why did you decide to start that blog? So I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes in 2016, and I was 26 years old. Mm-hmm. So it was a shock to me. It wasn't something that I had ever expected. Right. I thought that it was like the end of the world <laughs> at the time. And when I went looking for type 2 information online, I mm-hmm. couldn't find anybody talking about it. I couldn't <sighs> find anyone who was willing to be open or who just wanted to like own up to the fact that they had type 2 diabetes. And it was crazy, yeah. It like, is crazy. And I am kind of like a shameless person, so I was like, well, if nobody else is out there talking about it, I might as well <laughs> share my experiences and see what happens.
0: I used to host a support group for people with, all, all people with diabetes at a wellness center. And my pitch to, and the, all the promotional information I put out there was, shed the shame. I mean, yeah. you've got diabetes. How that came about, whether it's family history or things like that, just let's all come together in the same room and let's talk it out. Yeah. So, do you have a family history?
7: I do. So, actually, both my mother and grandmother um, had type 2 after they had gestational diabetes. Oh. And so, I thought that that was exactly how it was going to happen to me, and it didn't. I actually just had type 2 diabetes without having pregnancy. Right. Um, so, it was really interesting for me that it happened in that way. Um, but what's always like really fascinating to me when I think about it is my mom and grandma never talked about it mm-hmm. they kind of like I felt like suffered in silence and yeah. had that shame like okay well this isn't something I want to talk about and so like I would see my mom taking insulin but I never knew what she was doing or I never knew like why she was doing wow. it or why she had to have an insulin pen at mealtime right um, and so it was really interesting when I got my diagnosis knowing that I was so close to someone with diabetes yeah and I still had no information about how to deal with it
0: So do you openly talk
7: now with your mother and your grandmother about it? Oh, absolutely. My mom and I talk about like all of our like differences, like (laughs) she can eat bacon, but she can't eat sausage. And I'm like, oh, that's really weird. That never happens to me. Or like, (laughs) so it's really fun to kind of talk about like our differences in insulin, our differences in treatment plans. We see different doctors and we both have type two, but it's so vastly different for the both of us, how the management works.
0: If you don't mind me asking what medications you're on.
7: Yeah, I'm on a long acting insulin. So I take Levomir once a day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I also take, um, it's, I can't funny? remember if it's Genuvia or Jardiance. I think it's Jardiance. I take Jardians also once a day. <laughs> so it's like, it's really helpful for my blood sugar. And um, what's interesting is that I had a doctor, my f- very first doctor, the doctor who gave me my diagnosis and he was super like not encouraging. Uh. Um, and so the first thing he told me was like, well, you're going to have to go on insulin and that's a terrible thing. Like, and I, and, and so I just remember thinking like, oh my God, like if I don't change my life, if I don't do better, if I don't start like getting a passing grade, you know, I'm going to have to go on insulin. And I, yeah. And, and so from there I thought, okay, well I'm never going to be able to do this on my own. And I kept thinking that all of the help like insulin or oral medication Mm -hmm. was like, it just meant that I failed. I didn't think that it meant like, okay, your body needs additional help to be able to do this. Um, And so for so long, like I had that in my mind is like, okay, I'm failing because I have to do this instead of knowing like, okay, this is something helpful for me and it's going to help me manage my blood sugars and live complication free. And Mm. it's going to be like a good thing. And so it was really interesting, like how it was framed to me in that way.
0: Well, and I think that's, do you feel like that's the driving force as to why you kind of, one of the driving forces, why you started doing your blog and other things was maybe to help people that were given that same death sentence.
7: Yeah, absolutely. And I actually went back and read the very first blog that I wrote, like the day after I was diagnosed <laughs> and it was the saddest thing I've ever <laughs> no, you, girl. read or like written. And what I thought was interesting was like I had this moment of like I did this to myself and oh. I don't know how I'm going to fix it. Um, and then looking back now at just how my attitude has changed so much and how I can say like I'm confident in living a life with type 2 diabetes and I am fine with it and yeah. I know how to keep it in check. I know how to manage it and that's okay. And like, I hope that people have that same journey. Like even if they start out as feeling like they're stigmatized and they feel like they've done something wrong, they eventually get to the point where they feel like, okay, this is manageable and I'm going to be okay. And things are going to be all right.
0: I love that message. We need more people like you or we need to direct more people to you (laughs) because everybody needs, um, a support team. And, and I got to say, and if hopefully I'll put some bios in this, what I loved about yours is you work a full-time job. Where do you yeah, work? Yeah,
7: so I work for MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston.
0: And you are, like, so patient engaged, it's ridiculous. Yeah,
7: it's like my entire life. <laughs>
0: Which is great. You know, so you already had the compassion and whatever. And then you you put in your your bio, I think it was, from 8 p.m. to 1 a.m., you're blogging and you're doing social media and stuff like that or till you fall asleep, right?
7: Yeah, pretty much like my husband will sometimes come and like take the wine and laptop out of my hands and be like, (laughs) okay, go to sleep.
0: (laughs) I need somebody to do that for me too. (laughs) Well, is there anything in particular from this summit that you found valuable?
7: You know, I think the thing that I found most valuable about being at the summit is just understanding that access to technology and access to data can only help you live a better life with diabetes. Um, And when you don't have that access or that access is limited, um, you're missing out on so much. And there's so many ways to help people with diabetes when it comes to technology. And there's so much technology available that like, there's no excuse I think for like healthcare providers because it's like, you can help your patients and make their lives a little easier um, just with the existing tech. And there's so much more that I think is gonna happen and so much more that's gonna come out of the technology that exists. But it's like for what's here right now already, it's like the strides have been amazing.
0: I have to say, and I've been completely overwhelmed with all the information we've been provided so far. And it's not, it's one o'clock people. It's one o'clock PM (laughs) and we have been here since 7.30ish and it's nonstop, which yeah. I love. It's like I'm, I'm a sponge right now and I'm soaking up everything. And it's like, I didn't even know these things existed. Yeah. And did, I've made a lot of connections like you. Have you made a lot of connections while you've been here?
7: You know, I feel like I have. And I feel like, um, you know, the conference to me has been more focused on type one. But yeah. it's been really cool to talk to people with type one and just see how our, like, our management and our our lives are like very similar and it's it's been really nice to also be received in a positive way yeah. when I tell someone like I have type 2 and it's not just like an oh you have type 2 it's right. like like how do you manage what are you doing what kinds of tools are you using and right. it's really cool to have those conversations
0: and I think podcast episode 65 I talked about previous podcast episodes I'd given the type 2 community a hard time mainly because my dad has type 2 and he's ridiculous and ugh Anywho, you know, my personal goal now is to help all people living with diabetes because it's a tough disease. I don't care which one you have. There's like 32 different kinds now, I'm sure. (laughs) But um, so I appreciate you and all that you're doing, giving people a glimpse of hope. Thank you. And being vulnerable and real
7: yeah that's what people need and that's the thing is like I that was always really important to me I was like if I'm gonna do this I'm gonna be honest and like I'm gonna talk about the good days but I'm gonna talk about the days where my blood sugar's 400 and like it was my fault and like I know what I did to get there and so I think having that authenticity and just like being able to tell the truth also helps other people open up and other I actually posted something the other day kind of about like I called it like diabetes 101 it was like Mm -hmm. all the things I wish I knew when I was diagnosed And there were a few comments on the post that I loved because people said, like, I used to be ashamed of my type 2 diabetes. And I love reading something like this because it makes me feel like I don't have to be ashamed or I don't have to feel like I need to hide it right um and I just I love when people say that or when I put something out that makes them feel that way because I am like I don't want to be the only voice there like I want like millions of you to come and like join (laughs) me and talk about it because I think there's such value in other people hearing other people's stories and knowing there are people out there like them
0: so if you were to give a, one piece of advice to somebody newly diagnosed with type two or for somebody who's never outed themselves or talked openly about it, what would you say?
7: Um, I think I would say for somebody who's newly diagnosed to like not be afraid to have an honest conversation with your doctor Yeah. Um, and you'll get like a bunch of information in the very first five minutes of your diagnosis that it sounds scary and sounds unapproachable, right. but like you can always go back and ask questions ask all the questions you want to ask because yeah. if you like stew in it yourself and you think that like no one's there to help you you won't find out about all of the tools that are there for you and Absolutely. things that can help so I think it's just like being willing and open enough to say like okay I have all of these questions and I'm scared like yeah please listen to me
0: well said thank you Well, thank you so much for taking time, and it's been a pleasure getting to know you. Thank you. It's been so nice to talk to you. All right. We'll definitely stay in touch. All right. (laughs) podcast number seven. So tell us who you are.
1: My name is Rachel Macario, and I am a type one diabetic um, that participated in the islet bionic, uh, beta bionic trial. Yeah, there we go. How long have you lived with type one? Since 2001. So about 18 years now. Yeah.
0: And when you were first diagnosed, what was the first regimen that they put you on?
1: Definitely was MDI, multiple daily injections, yeah. and I was 20 years old, and so um, being afraid of needles and didn't <laughs> want to get my blood drawn, and then I had to, you know, plunge it through an orange, you know, <laughs> that what, you know, usual kind of type ones go through a diagnosis. Um And, but I only was on MDIs not for very long, for eight months. And I said, so this kind of sucks, Doc. Can we think of something else? And then they handed me the Medtronic pump. Okay. I was on that for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then um, when the CGM came out... Um, it just it it works for a, a lot of people. It didn't work for me. Okay. It wasn't as accurate. It was a harpoon kind of getting in oh, there. Oh, I've heard
0: that. Yeah. So it
1: just you know, like I said, it works for many people. It didn't really work for me. But my doctor at the time said, let's put you on Dexcom. So I've been on this on another CGM since. Right. Um, and then I tried. Um, tandem pump for a while uh, which was great I love the tandem pump that was Mm -hmm. great Um, but then I started going to these fairs and um, you know type 1 diabetes conferences and just Mm -hmm. kind of you know finding my tribe and it's interesting that you Actually, get more out of fellow patients absolutely than you do doctors. So they're like, "Dude, try this. Try Afrezza. Try <laughs> Traceba, Try this." So it really opened my world that there are so many choices out there. Yes, and you know, I had to fight a little bit to get them, but you know, I did get them. And um, I was following Beta Bionics for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw that TED Talk um, about the Islet, and so I was following them ever since. And so that's when I found out about the Stanford trial last year. Right. So I participated. I was so lucky to participate in that and then I got on loop right after so it's been it's been a journey but it's it's been a blast
0: and so that's what you're present you're presenting this afternoon I am Yes. Tell me, give us the cliff notes of what you're going to be presenting.
1: Definitely. So um, I am going to be talking about my experience with the ILIT trial, what I liked, what I didn't like, um, and then comparing that to the loop, which is the hybrid closed loop system that is separate from beta bionics, um, what I like and what I don't like about it. So just, you know, patient experience with it. So I'm excited.
0: From what I understand from interviewing other people and the connections I've made throughout this journey, we are the most important part of the process. So cool. Our feedback yeah. is driving the future of this, you know, treatment. Right. And I'm... Th- right. It's happy to hear that. Instead of them inventing stuff and just telling us what we need to do, it's like, that know, didn't work, you know? I know
1: exactly what you're talking about. It's kind of like where, you know, and God love programmers. We love them. We couldn't live without them in a lot of ways, but you know, there is there is a distinct difference between a programmer and a user. Yeah. And their experiences can be very different. So what me you know, may make sense to a programmer is not going to make necessarily make sense to the end user. Absolutely. And sometimes there is a disconnect. And so we are the people. Hopefully, I'm working towards. That's why I'm even here today. Is kind of bridging that gap. Yes. Of you know, talking well, not really programmer language, but I mean at least somewhat understanding that, mm-hmm. and then being the patient as well, and kind of marrying those two together to make it work.
0: I have to personally plug something because uh, this year I started the Real Life Diabetes Consulting Team. Awesome. It's a group of type ones. We're branching out in the type twos, but the mission is to bridge the gap, uh, awareness and communication gap between the medical community and the patient. (gasps) I'm im
1: sold. (laughs) If I can be a part of it, that'd be amazing. Well, And (laughs)
0: what we're doing is we're trying, I'm meeting with large medical communities, providing them with unbiased information so that when their patient Mm -hmm. comes in and says, Hey, I'm interested in looping and da, 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 that they may not know about, I'm trying to give them the information that they need. So that when you walk in and say something crazy, they're going to at least know what it is, period. And also help empower the patient so that you walk into someone's office and say, I'm interested in insulin pump therapy. They say, this is what you're going to do.
1: That's amazing. And you can
0: say, you know what? But there's six different pumps I'm interested in. Right. Here are the questions that I have for you so that you can make the best choice for your... Management.
1: Unbelievable. That's such an unbelievable thing because in the early it's 2000s, a thing, right? it's an extremely simple thing, but it is something that is definitely not happening. Yes. Um, because it says, oh, you want a pump? Here's this pump. And, yeah. it's, and it's nothing wrong with Medtronic, but that was, I thought, the only choice that right. was given to me. And it took and you me, trust your doctors, it, yeah. Of course. And it took me bringing it upon myself to go to these fairs and go to these yes. and go, wait a second. Oh my gosh, there's more out there? Like, I had no idea. Idea. And so I am big on choice. That's the biggest thing. You know, what may not work for me, would may work for someone else. Yeah. And it's so individualized. And so I'm a big fan. So tell me what to sign there? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you'll hear
0: a lot more about it in the future. That's great. Uh, so is there anything that you're walking away with so far from the summit? Like anything that's just been like a wow moment for you?
1: Um... It is a, a wow moment just seeing how many people are involved on the other side of this. Yeah. I mean, yeah, of course, I, I I, think that, but it's not until you actually see it and right. see these group of folks that, again, kind of have all this kind of this the same mis- mission of just making diabetes just easier. And type one, I'm sure like with any disease. It, it, you can feel very isolated yes and so um, being in a place where there is so many people that care about this stuff just like you do yeah is that to me is one of the most empowering things. Well
0: it's nice to see so many people in the competing industries. Yeah, sitting at the, not at the same table necessarily, but sure. at the same summit, and you can just see the wheels turning with when a patient gets up there and talks about something, or yeah. a patient asks the question to the panel, and right. And I have just I've learned so much. Um, and have you it's made any invaluable. new connections?
1: I have. I have. I um I because I'm I'm hoping to you know kind of do a side gig like right on the side about yeah. you know what my experiences yes. and stuff like that, and you know it, making. I'm hoping that people who have type one that don't feel like they're heard and seen to be heard and seen. And that's that's my main goal. And because (sighs) it just it does feel so frustrating. And I mean I'm grateful and I'm gonna talk about this just a little bit on the panel too today, is that I'm really grateful to have some of the best insurance coverage in this country. You are you're blessed. And yet I still struggle every ninety days to get my supplies oh yeah I mean I felt like I spent like the majority of my diabetes life listening to our you know horrible hold music yeah <laughs> it, you know it's um, I still struggle mm. so I can't even fathom what that's like for other people and other folks and yeah it's easy to throw in the towel and give up because you know it, it shouldn't be this hard so it's that's what I'm trying to kind of get out there too and luckily I'm you know in a room that's kind of preaching to the choir there. So it's, you know, without access, all of this would be for nothing.
0: you know, you just saying that, because I, I know my parents worry about my financial stability, <laughs> I need to do a poll with people with di- type one diabetes. How many people have a savings account?
1: Yeah. I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's that?
0: <laughs> right. How I'm many like credit that. cards do you have?
1: Yeah. You know, right. I mean,
0: it's like, how yeah. much debt have you put yourself in? And the older we get, because our treatments right. change. It, it, right.
1: It's, it shouldn't um, be this expensive. It shouldn't be this difficult.
0: Well, hopefully with strong voices like ours, yeah. we get to help make 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 that make a change. Me
1: too. I'm really excited about that. Is
0: there any last things that you want to say about the summit or the value of it?
1: Just, I guess I just want to take the opportunity. Thank you to every single person who is trying to make type one lives easier. Yes. I mean, there are, with the loop part portion alone, there's a lot of, you know... If, volunteer time. Yeah. um, A lot of blood, sweat and tears went into making this, you know, off brand FDA label, but because of them, I've had the best sleep of my life. I've had the best control of my life. And um, it it just, it, I just want to just say thanks to every single person, you know, no matter what company they're in, just thank you for being in this industry to just try to make this easier for the community.
0: It's exciting to see the race not a race yeah. for a cure. Right. But a race for more of just better quality of life. Yeah.
1: Just being We all want to sleep.
0: We all want to just be able to go just work normal. out and right. know you know right. not freak out and, and not
1: have to, you know, think about you know all these things in your head before you take a bite of that quinoa salad right. you have in front of you. It's Maybe
0: it'll take away a little bit of our decision fatigue.
1: Yes. Oh. <laughs> No joke. It certainly has for me already, and that's that's why I know I'm only really a third of type ones yeah. right now that even have a CGM, right. which is nuts to me. And and that only thirty percent of type ones, all type ones, have just a CGM.
0: I'm a part of a, the Oklahoma Diabetes Caucus. Which is we're trying to change legislation here in our state, and there was a specific thing that we're working on right now. And it was we created this whole panel and presented to our legislators that every kid on Sooner Care, which is people that are financially disadvantaged mm-hmm. under the age of 18, we are pushing for free CGMs. Oh,
1: unbelievable! That's fantastic. And I fantastic. like I get
0: chills, and I really hope that we push this. Oh, I, we are going yeah. to make it happen because quality of life for those children. Yeah. And young adults, it's, I mean, what a world of difference. The CGM has changed my life, and I've only had um, one for 18 months. Oh, my God.
1: It's unreal. It is and the second best thing from insulin. I mean, yeah. insulin and then CGM right under. I think every single diabetic type 1, type 2 should have one in their hands. And most people
0: say, because I've interviewed, number one is insulin, number two is CGM. Yeah, They dump definitely. a pump in a heartbeat just because the CGM yes. is more valuable. Absolutely. Just so
1: crazy. I, absolutely, yeah.
0: Well, thank you for all that you're doing. I look oh forward gosh. to hearing your talk this Thank you afternoon. so much. Thank and, you so much for uh, having
1: me. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thank really you. Really appreciate it. <laughs> all right. Take care. Thank you. Bye.
0: <laughs> all right. Mini podcast number eight. Tell us who you are and who you're with.
8: All right. Mikael Maki. From SensorFriend, that's my own startup, and from Finland, and also representing the Night Scout development community here.
0: Night Scout, that's a big one. And so let's start with the fact that you have type 1 diabetes. Yes,
8: I've had that for over 20 years.
0: And so how old were you when you were diagnosed?
8: I was 19.
0: 19. I know what your no, birthday is. No, 23. It some was
8: 1999, <laughs> and I was 23. It's been a long day. <laughs>
0: for real. And so tell us... Uh, What brought you here? What was the motivation for the Diabetes
8: Summit? Right. Making connections. So Hmm. being in Finland, it's sometimes hard to establish the partnership we want as a company. And would you say
0: that that those partnerships are primarily in the United States?
8: uh, Many of them are. Okay. And those are the reason that I'm here for. Right. So reaching those people, meeting face-to-face, understanding their pain points if why some APIs are not publicly available or how can we help those companies to make them.
0: And for the people it- who are, have not been here, they may not know what an API is, so can you
8: explain that? Right, so programming interface, allowing products to discuss with each other, so what our product does is we integrate with different wellness trackers, so activity trackers, mid-logging apps these kind of rings that measure your stress <laughs> or sleep quality the and ring, yeah. we combine that information with the data that we get from our medical devices so CGMs mm-hmm. insulin pumps glucometers and through that integration, we really help people to understand, okay, how different kind of exercise mm. affects your blood glucose, when it's a good time to eat before that exercise, how you... And you did a good job of providing insulin.
0: examples of your everyday life. How many people are currently using this system?
8: Currently less than 50. So we are in closed beta and looking forward to making it commercially available. <laughs> actually, not commercial. it's free to, for people to use.
0: When do you see that actually completely launching everything.
8: In Finland this year, I really, really hope. I originally, when I proposed to Amy that I'll come here, I was pretty sure that we'd done the Finnish launch already and looking forward to making it available here Mm -hmm. sometime next year. But it's been tackier again. (laughs) (laughs) But so Finland this year, and then we're still pondering whether it's some part of Europe or US the Mm -hmm. next next launch and that's also one of the reasons why i'm here to go to the u.s market and see if there's interest and partner up with some of the clinics for instance and do you feel like there's
0: been interest yes and you've asked a lot of great questions to other groups What, what have you learned from this summit
8: i've learned a great bit so my main outcome still is the connections with people and the discussions we've had with partnerships uh, yesterday was really superb. I have, through my career, been studying facilitation mm-hmm. some bit, but it's been many years since I've been doing that actively, and now somebody else doing it for the group like ours there. Right. And coming up up with so many ideas in so short time, that was really eye-opening and mm-hmm. also refreshing. Hey, I can do this. And <laughs> coming do you up. feel
0: like everybody's been working well together?
8: Yes, I think that atmosphere has been awesome
0: i know it's pretty incredible i've said this i think in every single mini pod is like you got a lot of competition in this room and i feel like it's more like a pat on the back or challenging each other
8: yeah i would say we are
0: kind of like hey i got this and you don't but in
8: the same tribe anyway
0: totally (laughs) and i love the fact that everybody in this room is trying to better the life of people with diabetes
8: exactly and there's no competition anymore there's
0: right I value
8: networks. Sometimes you partner, sometimes you compete, sometimes you just cooperate for fun of it.
0: Well, and I liked one of the past seminars or questions, or whatever, when they had a split in the room and you saw, you know, yeah. everybody kind of worked together on some of those really hard-hitting questions, and that was really, for me, great to see. Um, do you think you'll come back next year?
8: Well, so far, I've been to California, it's two years. Okay. <laughs> so if not next, then the year after. Okay. I was first time in 2015 here met some of the night scout people. 2017, I was in San Diego D-Data. Event. Oh, yeah.
0: So what type of insulin management or regimen are you currently on?
8: Right. So I've had the Freestyle Libre, CGM, Meow Meow, Bluetooth converter on top of that. Uh, Roche I could check insulin pump and Android APS controller. It's mean, a lot. Well, that's the components and rapid yeah. draw insulin. <laughs> <laughs> now but I- regarding, the, I mentioned many components, but I still don't feel that I'm dragging anything extra with me. Right. So right. the adapter that I wear on top of Libre, it just sticks there. It makes the device a bit right. bigger, but it's no, not less convenient. And I don't have any other device. The algorithm is my.
0: time. Yes. Do you, okay, continue. Yeah, sorry. I
8: don't need any extra device. The <laughs> algorithm runs on my phone and that's really convenient for me.
0: Can that device be used on top of other CGMs or does it have? is it specific to the Libre?
8: That's specific to the Libre and why why we need it is because Libre has this NFC technology where mm-hmm. you ac- actually need to swipe it manually to get yeah. the reading. Okay. And so this is an ad- add-on to Libre to make it a proper CGM so that it transfer- transmits the value each five minutes to my phone. I get alerts mm-hmm. and I can use it as part of this automated insulin it's delivery fascinating system. Fascinating
0: technology. Do you feel like there's anything you didn't get answered or that you didn't find out while you've been here in 48 hours?
8: Yes, I bought. (laughs) (laughs) So that was one partnership I was looking forward to. Right. In hands. I met one person from Abbott here and she wasn't the right person to talk to. So,
0: Well, she connect you with the right person. Uh,
8: yes, and there are other people helping with that as well. So we'll get through that, but <laughs> didn't through these 48 hours. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not disappointed. So I've gained so much from these other discussions.
0: So with the, what you're doing for your own company, are you, do you have a standalone office or do you do everything? How does that work?
8: I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a standalone office. We are in a in Tampere Health Hub. So oh, yeah. that's a startup,
0: like an incubator. Yeah, uh,
8: kind yeah. of incubator. Yeah. We don't have any program there. It's more like a community space, and we give peer support, startup to startup, and so on. But anyway, open space. We've got hot desks there. That's where we work.
0: And how many people are working with you?
8: We're three with me, so we are four in total and occupying almost half of the desks (laughs) in that space, so we are looking (laughs) forward to perhaps moving out. When the space gets crowded, we need our own office. For so so long, it's really good to be in that kind of space.
0: Well, and besides having diabetes, what what fueled you to create this company? Was there anything like, there was an aha moment, it was like, if only we had this.
8: Yeah. Well, my aha moment was in 2012 in Mobile World Congress in Barcelona mm-hmm. where DDoC's Bastian Hauk was presenting his problem with having a memory pen, having a glucose meter, having CGM. None of those devices talk with each other. Right. And I st- I have had the same problem for so many years and I <laughs> thought that I'm the only one because none of the other people with diabetes were complaining about not being able to see their data together. Right. And Bastian's comment that needs to work made me make kind of promise to myself I'll make it work right and so we went to a startup incubator in well I first needed to resign from my current employment <laughs> your then,
0: paying job yes
8: <laughs> and that aha moment from that aha moment took half a year and actually my Sleep started getting worse and I started <laughs> having all kinds of problems because I knew that I need to do this. Right. So we went in 2013 in a startup incubator, 2014 in an accelerator and then end of 2015 found out that no, there's no business model, this is all too difficult and Right. then I spent two years doing three days of software consultancy Mm -hmm. for other people. So it still left four days to working with (laughs) SensorTrend. I still got to keep that as my main job. (laughs) But now again, for one and a half years, 100% or 170% (laughs) doing just this.
0: So in wrapping up, what is one thing you would like to tell listeners um, the future of your company or what you hope to achieve?
8: Well, our key value proposition to you dear users is that you get to see all your data in one place and don't need to track anything manually and if you're interested in that, please be in touch so we're able to prioritize our efforts accordingly we will be selecting our next markets. You know, I love it.
0: And we'll be sure to include everybody that's in every single episode show notes. So links to your website or any social media and things like that so that if somebody's interested in learning more, they'll be able to click on it and, and connect with you. Yeah, excellent. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you.
1: All right. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Mini Podcast number nine. And tell us your name and who you're with.
9: My name is Richard Spector and I'm with Kemed, the makers of my Evo Pump. And this is brand new. It is brand new. We're not on the market yet. We're in development, but we're developing a novel, slim profile, flexible pump for type 1 diabetes.
0: And I want to say that I met we met you on the bus because we were eavesdropping on what you guys were talking about. This yes. was day one. I was like, these people know what they're talking about, and the fact that everybody sitting with you had type one. I was like, oh, my people, and you were so well versed. And so let's talk about where you got started sure. and what brought you to Cammed.
9: Absolutely, so my background uh, professionally has been a medical device. I started in women's health for Lilly. I That's was right. actually working for the biggest diabetes company in the world but, and being a diabetic, but not working in the diabetes division.
0: Did you ever ask him like, hey, I've got diabetes, why don't you shift me over?
9: I fell in love with what I was doing because we were helping women that were developing breast cancer okay. and we were um, creating a pathway for them to be healthy for a long period of their life and it was very rewarding. So. It gave me a chance to escape from my day-to-day diabetes right. and work on a different disease state where I could help a good group of people. So I really yeah. enjoyed it. But I still was on the periphery of understanding what Lily was contributing to the diabetes right. disease state. And I felt fortunate to be uh, with a company that supported my people as well. <laughs> yeah.
0: So what's how did you get then get into working for Insulet?
9: so uh... a good friend of mine that uh, he and i were at a prior company a small startup he had joined the company working on drug delivery once again working for a diabetes company and i was responsible for everything that was not diabetes related <laughs> So Insulet, as you know, is the maker of the Omnipod, and it is a tremendous device that I currently utilize, and I'm looping with it, but they had another division called drug delivery, and it was everything, again, that was not diabetes.
0: So cancer treatments, I had a friend that had a pod.
9: And that was my responsibility. That was the Amgen right We had fairing, which was for infertility, and we had some other relationships. But what was great about that mm-hmm. is I was exposed to the OmniPod, and I'm like, wow, where's this been my whole life? Because I was on a Medtronic pump, mm-hmm. and I saw the benefit it had not only for the diabetes community, but all these other disease states, infertility. Um, cancer yeah. uh, a wide swath of opportunity so it's really a revolutionary device there's no
0: doubt when you joined that particular company how far were they into the diabetes game because you've been there you were there for a while yeah right?
9: i was there for a while they were extensive i mean they they were the epitome of success in the diabetes patch pump game. Mm -hmm. And they had a well-established footprint. So where I came in, which was a revolutionary step for them, is when they were formulating their pathway for Dash as well as Horizon. Mm, And I was one of the voices of the customer being a patient that helped shape that outlook. And that's what brought me to CamEd slash Evopump. I understood the impact that I potentially could have on Bringing a tool to the diabetes community that wasn't existing.
0: Were you reti- did you retire and then come out and do this or no?
9: I did consulting. So I was with uh, Insulet and left at the end of two thousand and eighteen, and I had become very familiar with CamMed and I was doing some high-level consulting for them and I was so intrigued by their technology that I decided to come in and roll up my sleeves and be part of the company and the reason being it's so different than what's out there it's a multi reservoir flexible device with a low profile that has the ability to deliver multiple medications, and for Mm -hmm. me, I believe the holy grail of an artificial pancreas is not what we call an artificial pancreas today. Mm -hmm. It's the ability to deliver glucagon as well as insulin, so you have the brake and the accelerator. This device will be able to do that.
0: And it'll be the first of its kind, correct?
9: There are others that are in development. They may come out before us, but we'll do it in the most novel approach. We're going to continue with a low-profile device that has multiple reservoirs that can actually deliver more than two molecules if needed.
0: And what I find fascinating, and I've never used a pump, any type of pump therapy, and I, but I've worked with people from Insulet, and, and I know the Omnipod well. This is amazing because it's flexible, and it's how thick is it?
9: It's a little less than a half an inch. Right. So it's It's about half the size of the height of an Omnipod. It's incredible. And and the footprint is equal to, if not smaller.
4: And Mm -hmm. and the
9: device that I showed you was 200 units, but we can go up to 300 units. Mm -hmm. And then we do have the potential to scale down and do some uh, smaller devices as well.
0: Have you come to the Diabetes Mind Innovation Summit in the past?
9: No, first time first and I time. am impressed. What a good group of people, passionate, <laughs> knowledgeable, asking incredibly good questions, but really altruistic because there's a lot yes. of people in that room that are spending their time and energy as volunteers helping to better the diabetic community. It's amazing.
0: What do you feel like is a maybe a top takeaway from this event?
9: That we're not there yet. Right. But we're all
0: working hard. I mean, it's clear in this room.
9: Right. And I wish this would be a fair representation of what the community could be like, because people are working in synergy in this room. Mm -hmm. And it's all solution-oriented technologists and physicians and patients working towards the goal of either creating a cure for diabetes or providing the best tools possible. And I wish this synergy and this uh, continuity continued outside of this room.
0: For sure. Do you feel like you've made strong connections?
9: Absolutely. There's young people that are uh, in their early teens to their mid-20s that I'm going to keep in touch with to put on a panel for users that are innovative and thinking outside the box and not deterred by their disease, but inspired by it. Right. Some are so inspired that they're going into endocrinology or they're going right. into social work to support that diabetic disease state all the way through veteran technologists that have mm-hmm. done this you know, four or five times over that were intrigued by the technology that I would like to bring to market. I have that full gamut and I think I will continue the conversation with all of them. I love it. How
0: old were you when you were diagnosed? I
9: was 11, 11, so very typical.
0: And so I'm not trying to date you, but how long have you had diabetes?
9: I don't mind if you date me, I'm 49 <laughs> years of age and I've had it, so that would be 38 years. So when I was diagnosed, it was 1981 Mm -hmm. and multiple daily injections was the treatment pathway of the norm. Right. Glucometers, as they were called back in the day, were- Bone clickers. Yeah. They were atypical. (laughs) We really checked our glucose level using a urinalysis, so to speak, a chemical reaction. Um, And that was a satisfactory treatment all the way until I was 23 years of age, until I found pumping.
0: So you went straight from that to pumping, what was the first, p- oh, Medtronic.
9: Yeah, the Medtronic pump, correct. Wow. Yeah, and I was on the Medtronic pump for almost uh, 22 years until I was fortunate enough to work with a passionate group at Insulate mm-hmm. and became exposed to the Omnipod. I never realized I was having a subsatisfactory experience on right. tube pumping until I found the Omnipod. And patch pumping really is the way to go for me.
0: Right, patch pump, That's yeah, it's wave of the future. Anything else you've learned from this group of people or unexpected?
9: I was a little bit surprised on the current state of where the hybrid slash closed loops are uh, for the commercial uh, companies. I think that they, um, I w- I'm part of, I, you know, I'm on the fence here because I'm commercial, yeah. I'm also a patient and I don't want to wait anymore yeah. either. So <clears throat> I would like to have seen them a little bit more developed And the needs of the patients for today that are very sophisticated. Right. And to get the programs onto the patient's bodies that can help them truly have a closed loop type system.
0: Well, let's talk about, so you're looping.
9: I am looping. I'm using the do-it-yourself with the Omnipod.
0: And so I'm gonna out myself because I have never seen anything like this. The little device that you had out, that's the Riley?
9: Yeah, it's the Riley Link. And what it is, it takes the RF frequency of the Omnipod and converts it to Bluetooth so it can communicate to my iPhone. And I'm using the community grassroots spread um, software that is, uh, and the authors are in that room. It's what is the foundation of Tidepool. I'm using that uh, on my iPhone to control my basal rate, my bolus rate. Everything that I do is through the phone and it's it's autonomous. It really yeah. does work well.
0: And I thought it was a Fresa. That's yeah. embarrassing to say, but Yes. Yeah. But when I started seeing everybody else, like some people have them hooked onto their belts and stuff, Correct. it's, it's fascinating technology. Yeah. Well, is there anything you'd like to end with or something else from your experience here at the summit?
9: No, I, yeah, I just would like to compliment what you're doing. I mean, we've had some pretty in-depth <laughs> conversations over the last two days. And I think that you are offering a service to the community. They, they couldn't be here oh. with this ongoing education and I'm going to be an avid listener, not just because I'm going to be on your program, but I definitely <laughs> want to listen to what you have to say because I think it's valuable.
0: Well, thank you for that. And please don't be offended by the first 40 episodes where there was a lot of cursing.
9: Good for you. I like cursing. That's okay. <laughs> no problem.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you. Woohoo! My first series of mini pods in one episode was a smashing success. I want to thank Amy and the Diabetes Mind team for such an informative and entertaining eventful few days. I would also like to thank all of the brave souls who gave me a few minutes of their time. The exhaustion, days of travel, and kink in my diet was worth every minute. Great things will come from this gathering and I look forward to learning more about the advancements in diabetes management. Before I wrap up, I do have a few last minute announcements. Number one, I'm thrilled to continue building solid partnerships with people and companies who share my mission to help all people living with diabetes. If you would like to join the movement, there are plenty of ways to get involved. Here are just a few. Patreon subscription. If you've listened to any of the other episodes, you know that I launched this a few months ago. Your subscription will help me grow the DDG team, allowing me to create more podcasts and content. It is as simple as $5 a month, And if you take a look, it's pretty entertaining how I came up with the different levels there. Number two, hit me up if you're hosting a conference or event. I love meeting new people and have the gift of gab. Never met a stranger. (laughs) Co-host a real-life diabetes happy hour in your town. It's a great way to connect with someone else in your area. And in my opinion, everyone needs a Diabuddy. Number four, get involved in the diabetes online community. There are a ton of fellow bloggers and diabetes characters who do a fabulous job of sharing their story. And we all know each of our stories are different, so you never know who you'll connect with. Number, I think it's five, advertise. If you feel your brand complements our mission, we would love to hear from you. If you're interested, please send an email to my marketing associate, Penelope, at Penelope at She'd love to hear from you. Leave an iTunes review and stay connected by signing up for the DDG monthly newsletter. And continue to love, like, and share on social media. And don't forget, you can always send me feedback, ideas, comments, or complaints. I can be reached via email or on any social media platform. And number two, this year I branched out and rallied fellow people living with diabetes to form the Real Life Diabetes Consulting Group. It was created to help bridge the communication and awareness gap between the patient and medical community. We have all witnessed this in one way or another, and so we really hope to make a difference for both parties. The team and the services we provide will soon be highlighted on the Diabetes Daily Grind website, so please stay tuned. If you would like to learn more in the interim, please contact me at amber at I hope this episode brightens your day, has you pondering new technology, makes you laugh, and reminds you, you are not alone. Cheers to the highs and lows, everyone.
1: the grind it's a daily grind